the Deep Dive Podcast, a never-ending quest to find something, anything to watch on streaming media. Hello, ho, ho, divers. That didn't work. Uh, Welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast, non-denominational, all-inclusive, gluten-free Christmas special. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wingstop Movie Magazine, and with me, as always, via remote hookup from the North Pole Refrigeration Repair Company, it is the Mandalorian. <laughs> Hello, Manda. Hello. That was, that was a good one. Thank you. That was a very good one. Thank and you. technically, isn't gingerbread kind of gluten-free? Maybe. Uh, I don't Maybe know. Not. I don't know. I don't know. But if you're German, it's gluten-free. Which is kind of a weird way to say it, but yeah, I don't know. I like gingerbread. Do you, you like gingerbread? I, I do like gingerbread, but I only have it around this time of year because it feels like not authentic to have it, you know, in July. Yeah, no, that's totally true. That's totally true. But now, uh, do you prefer like the the like the, the chewy soft gingerbread or like the crispy gingerbread? Definitely chewy. Yeah, me too. That's good. Yeah. So. I'm old. Oh, please well. <laughs> don't, you know, you are so not allowed to even go there with me. How no, dare you? No, I like you? the chewy kind because honestly, in most cases, you can go to the grocery store or your local bakery and they have them decorated with like frosting on it. Mm. Mm. Delish. Yeah, and you get those little gumdrops, you just pick them off and eat them. You uh. know, I, I this year I actually discovered what mince pie is. Like in what respect? Like what? Like well, mincemeat well, is, or like? Re- well, real? here's the thing. I love Great British Bake Off, as you do too. Oh yes. And they always talk about making mince pies, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I always just thought that they ground up some hamburger, put fruit in it, and then served it. Turns out there's no meat in it at all. No, no. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's just dried fruit, but there's a ton of alcohol. Yeah, and apparently that's what preserves it. So someone I watched on YouTube, she made a uh, mince meat mince meat that's in quotations yeah. way back in august for christmas there you go yeah. it's, it's like their traditional fruitcake yeah it's the fruitcake how everyone gets exactly but you know how everyone i don't know if you're in family but everyone always brings that soup, that fruitcake that just sits on the counter and nobody eats it oh, and yeah. sometimes occasionally they keep it for a few months that's their that's that's the europe's version of mince pie there you go see that and they're both <laughs> terrible so <laughs> exactly not good stuff. Not good stuff. So yeah, that's um, it's a weird thing. I mean, there's certain foods that we only partake in this time of year. So, mm. uh, you know, like especially you know, like weird candy. Weird candy is is prevalent. Like uh, what about you, eggnog. You know, it's funny. Uh, I had a deep aversion to eggnog for a very long time, for decades, but just recently. I've kind of rediscovered it. And uh, the reason why I was so, uh, you know, anti-eggnog for so long was because of a very, very bad experience I had with it once. Um, Mm. There, it was a a Christmas Eve party um, during the, uh, during the late 1980s. And I drank way too much eggnog and ate way too much uh, shrimp cocktail. Now, imagine. <laughs> Was it spiked eggnog? Yeah. Imagine. Oh, okay. Imagine all of that dairy, all that alcohol, horseradish, Ugh. seafood, Ugh. all churning, 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 churning in my stomach. And it decided, hey, we don't want to be in here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it all came out. And it was a, a very uh, festive looking um, vomit. But anyway. Well, you know, there's actually a scientific process for that. What happens is when you correlate a bad experience with some food that you ate, even if it has nothing to do with it, your brain then tricks you into thinking that you don't like that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I swore off eggnog for a long time. Now, see, I'm the opposite. I used to love eggnog as a kid. Um, Never spiked, of course, but just regular eggnog out of the carton. Now I just can't even stomach the smell of it. Ah, okay. It's a, no, thank you. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird how that happens, but uh, you know, I I will enjoy. I like putting eggnog in my iced coffee sometimes because that's not bad. It thin, thins it out a little bit. It's not as you know, uh, like thick and gross. Thick. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's not a that's always a good thing. But 
All right. Yeah. I can see that. Now, uh, before we get to the actual uh, Christmas festivities, um, mm-hmm. I believe that we have some uh, uh, a, a movie news. news. <laughs> yeah. Thank there you, divers, for tuning in to Channel Deep Dive for today's edition of Movie News. Now, I don't know if you happen to know uh, this little small franchise called uh, Star Wars. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So it's not very known. It's, it's, a, it's quite, uh, it's, you know, it's out there. And it's not really gained a lot of popularity. But Disney, who now, of course, own the franchise, have decided to take it in a direction that I think it's not unfair to say that we were not prepared for. Yes. So, of course... <laughs> I'm the Mandalorian. Everyone knows I love the Mandalorian series. It mm-hmm. is fantastic. By the way, little side point, little asterisk here. The finale, did you cry? Did because I? I did. Did I cry? I, I will I will <laughs> admit to uh, you know, the the eyes getting a little bit misty. Um, <laughs> I was um, uh, I was still I in shock from the the uh, no spoilers, the uh, major cameo at the end. That, exactly. So, you know, hey, we don't want to throw too much. It's still kind of new, but you have to go check it out. It yeah. ties up the second season to such a degree that you, I almost worried, is there going to be season three? But they have confirmed it. Yes. And along with confirming season three, they have confirmed a bunch of other oh, stuff. Oh, God, yes. Including, and we're very excited about this, but the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, I have, oh my goodness. Oh, exactly. Oh, there are I'm, so, words how I'm so excited. Stoked. So excited. We're going to find out how he escaped the Sorlex pit, I mean, hopefully. And we're going to get more of Fennec Shand, who, by the way, I think Ming, Ming-Wa, or what is it, Ming-Na Wen? Ming-Na Wen. She did, she did a fantastic oh, yeah. job. I thought she was super cool. Definitely, definitely. What, what's great about The Mandalorian is it's ushered in all these new I think younger viewers who didn't necessarily grow up with the, at least the original trilogy of movies. I think we all have kind of the, the bad memories of the fourth awakens, but that's, uh-huh. that's another, that's another topic. Um, but because of that, we also got introduced to Bo-Katan, like live action Bo-Katan, yep, yep. Um, which I think is probably going to lead into the, the season three there. We also got a glimpse of Ahsoka. Uh-huh. So Disney's all like, Hey, we've given you these teasers. Let's just throw a bunch of other stuff at you, including they have announced a new Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be kind of like a showdown between him and Anakin and Christian. H- oh, is it? Is it H- true that he H- is? Hayden Christensen. Yeah, he has confirmed yeah, yeah, yeah. to come back. He is coming back. Okay. Now, I want to know how they're going to do this. They must be showing some sort of like flashbacks because I think at this point, Darth Vader is already in the suit. Well, yeah, of he's, course he is. He, yeah, he's in the suit. However, what I'm thinking they may do, uh, they may do that thing that they did in the um, – the final trilogy where you like you're a force projection of yourself and oh, where they okay. communicate that way. And, yep. and that, you know, that would explain, you know, that would be one way that they could do it. That's just, you know what I'm thinking, but I could be wrong. Of course. Oh, well, we have, I mean, we could be, but they don't pay us to speculate. So I guess we won't. Yes, but in true. any case, <laughs> in any case, we've got some really great things coming down the line. Now it will be a little while before we get them, but like I mentioned, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, the Ahsoka show. Oh, Rangers of the New Republic. That's going to be fun, I think. Yes, because um, that's a whole Andor, different thing. Yeah. It's this whole different thing. Exactly. And what I love about this is that, you know, there are quite a few people, I guess we could call them haters, when Disney took over, or I guess George Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney. People were like, hey, we're kind of nervous about this. Are you going to put like some sappy ending at the end? And everyone was like, no, no, they won't do that. I point out the whole Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, and Ray thing. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I blame uh, J.J. Abrams for that whole mess. <laughs> what? That was so, It was just so out of place, and it doesn't make sense. But, okay, that's, again, neither here nor there. But I'm excited because this is a whole different story. Like, it's not just ending. And, you know, what's great about, of course, the Mandalorian um, finale is we did get that cameo, and we did kind of get, like, I don't know if closure is the right word, but we got something. We got a fulfillment, right. I think, what we have all been sort of, like, hoping yeah, for and exactly. envisioning. And it came to fruition. But now we're looking at a whole different story with the Rangers of the New Republic, which, ah, I'm so excited. Oh, and Andor, and then the Bad Batch. Oh, that's and, that I'm excited about. Exactly. And what about the Lando show? Who's excited about Lando? Lando. Everyone love loves Lando. Lando. 
And then there's a bunch of other stuff in Flash. Um, what was it? Rogue Squadron. We've got a Droid story. Yep. It's gonna, there's a bunch of other things. I think they announced, I think, like maybe 8 to 10, 12 shows. Yes. There, and the one one of them that is, is really kind of uh, intriguing me, we don't know really hardly anything about it, is called The Acolyte. And yeah. Yeah. So it was. Um, it's the creator of the Netflix Russian Doll series. And it said, yeah. that the quote is, it's going to be a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Interesting. Yeah, very We don't even really know. We don't even know anything at all. I mean, because that's just so, it's intriguing, but you're like, well, what, what the heck could they be doing with this? Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly. the thing. We don't know. And we then we're also know. getting the anime series. Yes. Star I'm Wars excited. Visions. Yes. I'm very excited about that. I really hope that we get, there's just so many loose ends that I hope that they kind of pick up. And, you know, I'm very excited for uh, the Ahsoka show. Like, that's one oh, of my yeah. top three things I am, like, I am so excited. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka was just perfect. I mean, I I think that there's always something to critique, Right. But I feel like they did the absolute best they could, and they brought that character to screen, which I don't, in terms of a real person, which I don't think I ever thought would be the case, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so many things coming, so many things. Um, Disney has announced a lot of dates and a lot of sort of not dates for things, but we know that Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming in 2022. We know that Mandalorian Season 3 and the Book of Boba Fett are premiering next uh, Christmas time, yep. so 2021. Um, and that's about it so far. We don't know too, too much, but keep an eye out. I mean, they have been releasing so many things on their social medias. I mean, every day it seems like there's something new coming. So if you haven't had a chance also to watch The Mandalorian, what have you been doing? Yeah, really. Now is your time. Now is your time. Go and binge all two, or all two, but both seasons and just be amazed that Dave Filoni and John Favreau brought this amazingness to our screen. And honestly, they have just revitalized Star Wars, I think, for the entire world. Yeah, it's funny. I was trying to explain what the appeal was to uh, to my wife. And, <laughs> she, well, she's not a Star Wars fan, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. But uh, I told her it's basically, it's Star Wars, but better. <laughs> that You know, I can't actually argue with that assessment. I really can't. Because these are yeah, people who get it. They really get it. They just do. And I can't wait to for Christmas because they're going to be having the uh, sort of behind the scenes yes, of Disney the Mandalorian. Plus, yeah, on Christmas, they're going to premiere that. So I am excited. I think Very everything cool. behind the scenes that Disney has done thus far has been great. Like the behind the scenes for Frozen was even really good. And I'm not necessarily like a, a huge Frozen fan. I don't. But the making of that movie and watching it was actually really interesting. Yeah. Really. I mean, interesting. And I remember. Yeah, and I remember as a kid watching all these like Imagineer episodes on Disney on Disney Channel. This is kind of like that, but on steroids for my adult self. So it's great. Yeah, and you know, for uh, just a as an aside to that, um, today as we run this Christmas Day, uh, there, we've got Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four mm-hmm. on HBO Max, and uh, on Disney Plus, uh, Pixar's new Soul are going to be available to watch on Christmas yeah. Day. So that's going I'm to be pretty awesome. That. Yeah, I'm and looking Pedro forward to And Pedro Pascal both. is also in Wonder Woman too. Yeah, that's right. Himself. He's playing uh, yeah. the bad guy. The bad guy Maxwell with a really Lord. horrible wig. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that's just a snippet of the movie news. We want to make sure we brought that to the forefront because it's important, That's obviously. exactly right. And you know what else <laughs> is movie in- news. You know what else is what's, important? What's important? Sound effects? Yes. Ah! I knew it. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting so predictable. I love In any case, <laughs> it's such a good button. Oh, I love it. It's a nice festive red color. I enjoy that. Now, <laughs> Thanks, Road. Yeah, exactly. So now let's get back to business. While it's our, so while this is our, our sort of our Christmas special, that's what we're calling it, we don't want anyone to feel left out. So Christians, Jews, Muslims, secular humanists, everyone is welcome at our holiday table, even totally, even Satanists, because if you think about it, most Christmas traditions have pagan origins anyway. So for all of you, Hail Odin. Oh, that's for you guys. Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? 
So for many of us hey. here, yeah. So in, in living here in the good old U.S. of A., one tradition for many of us is watching Christmas specials on TV, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's just a thing. Now, the holiday has been featured on the small screen since, of course, the early days of television. Uh, it started out as kind of like you would get a Christmas-themed episode of a program, like I Love Lucy or something like that, or The Honeymooners. But it wasn't until television was kind of in its adolescence that the Christmas special became a regular fixture in people's homes every December. And what you had originally was in the 1960s, there was these syrupy holiday variety shows. You had Judy Garland, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, all of them doing these variety specials. Um, But Mm -hmm. what most people tend to remember are the animated Christmas specials. Because that's what, you know, that's what we pretty much watched as kids. Now, of course, the granddaddy of all, Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, that debuted in 1965, and its really odd mix of jazz piano and childhood neuroses made a huge (laughs) impact on popular culture at the time and still resonates today with viewers. In fact, one of the things that uh, I I found out in my research was that um, at the time that it debuted, the like artificial Christmas tree was really huge, like the really tacky, like silver and pink and white. Mm-hmm. And after that special aired, the sales of those those really gaudy artificial Christmas trees like faded because mm-hmm. well, because of what happened in the Christmas special when they you know they got the right. little tree and all that. So I thought that was kind <laughs> of interesting. It really did have a big impact on popular culture. Uh, but you know the despite the Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. Really, who's the king of Christmas and holiday specials? We all know. I'm going to say it's Rankin and Bass. It's Rankin and Bass. Of course it's Rankin and Bass. I mean, my goodness. Their output <laughs> has been incredible. Just to name a few. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Little Drummer Boy, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Twas the Night Before Christmas, which was a, a 2D animated, A Year Without a Santa Claus, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, okay, Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey. Nah, not that great. Really? Eh. I love Nestor. Eh. He, it was a sad one. It, it was, was a sad, sad one. one. Eh, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't Christmas cheery. Um, <laughs> then there was Jack Frost. And then there was the theatrical release, uh, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, which was <laughs> an interesting one. Ah, but do you recall the least famous <laughs> special of all? And that is Rankin and Bass's Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. Yes. This is I've a, never even heard of that. This is an obscure one from 1981. It is a Rankin Bass non-classic that kind of combines a Christmas special with the St. Patrick's Day special and pretty much fails at both of these things. So they're kind of running out of ideas at this point. Um, So like any Rankin-Bass show, the time period here is kind of iffy. You really don't know when this is taking place. Uh, But it it starts off on an Irish sailing ship, the Belle of Erin. And the captain uh, sees a single pine tree growing on this little strange uncharted island. And because it's Christmas time, he sends a cabin boy named, I'm not kidding, Dinty Doyle, to go dig up the tree and bring it back so it can become their Christmas tree on the ship. But what the young man doesn't realize is that there are some leprechauns watching him do this. They don't want him to dig up the tree because reasons, but they're too late to stop young Dinty. When the tree is uprooted, a magical banshee is set loose because, you know, Irish. Uh, The banshee, who is called... Mag the Hag, mm, yeah, once again, running out of ideas. Uh, she creates this huge storm. Uh, it strands Dinty on the island. It causes the ship to, to you know, to have to leave. Um, and so he's stranded there with the leprechauns. He sees a rainbow, leads him to a cave that's full of gold. And there he meets a leprechaun, uh, sort of like a, a weird kind of like hermity leprechaun named... Once again, if I, you know, if I were, I'm Irish and I were, if I were easily offended, I would be offended by this name and it's Blarney Killicalarney. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
It would be, you know, it, it would it wouldn't be worse. It, the only way it could be worse if we were like drunky McDrunkerson or something like that. That would be the only thing that would be worse. Have um, you ever been to Ireland? I have not yet. I'm okay. I, I want to do this very badly. Are you going to kiss the Blarney Stone? Um. Yeah. You know, as long as I have sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I don't want to kiss the COVID stone. That's not yeah. what I want. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So poor guy, it, Blarney yeah. the Killigarney. Yeah, Blarney Killigarney. So the uh, evil banshee Mag the Hag. She wants the gold, and then, of course, all kinds of musical numbers ensue, including the all-time famous Irish Christmas song. Christmas in Killarney. The holly green, the ivy green, the prettiest picture you've ever seen is Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. It's nice, you know, to kiss your bow while cuddling under the mistletoe. And Santa Claus, you know, of course, is one of the boys from home. Which, you know, they play quite a bit around here in New England because it's an Irish mm -hmm. Christmas song. Now, it, uh, it's really not Rankin and Bass's best effort, to be honest. Um, yeah, and it just kind of shows that by the, the early 80s, they really, their output was just not great. Um, but it's cute. And if you're Irish, it's fun to watch when you're drunk. Uh, and I can <laughs> say that because I'm Irish, so don't be offended. Uh, and you're drunk. It, yeah, all the right time. now. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Dang. Uh, now, The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold is available to watch for free right now on the AMC channel. Ooh. Sponsored by Bailey's. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's, I'm going with that as kind of uh, one of my um, sort of guilty pleasures or, you know, one of those that you know, nobody else seems to remember. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. So that's one of my one of my sort of picks for kind of wacky Christmas specials that you know I like, but nobody else really seems to be aware of. Hmm. I gotcha. So what about you? Well, I'm glad that you brought it up with, uh, of course, Reagan Bass because I, I initially thought, well, all my choices are going to be that, but I have decided that I am going to pull one out of the hat, which isn't necessarily. I mean, I don't think that it's too obscure, but oh, okay, it is, of course. 1987, A Muppet Family Christmas. Friday. A Merry Christmas! Christmas A holiday treat that's meant to be shared. It's time I gave you your present. <laughs> Gather round for A Muppet Family Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Oh, yeah. Which I love. And for so many reasons. But I think the main one is that it really does combine so many parts of Jim Henson, at least from my childhood, into one film. Yeah. We have the Muppets, of course. Fozzie is, uh, he takes the whole gang to his mom's house. His mom is in the middle of leaving for a very lovely Christmas vacation, but he kind of lands on her doorstep and says, hey, we're here. And then, of course, she had already rented out the room to, uh, well, I guess a boarder and his dog, which turns out to be uh, Sprocket. So, um, I think his name was Gerard, I think his name was. Gerard Parks was the man from um, the Fraggle. So he was uh, in charge of the light, mm. light Tower, and his dog was Sprocket, um, the huge, must have been a huge puppet, but he was there. And then at the very end, of course, you have um, Big Bird comes, and a lot of the uh, Sesame Street cast is there, and it's just, it's really sweet. So mm. um, it's kind of reminiscent, I think, of any large family getting together, because there's always going to be people that get on your nerves, that just grate you and grind your gears no way um way it happens and so all of these muppets have to find a way to spend christmas in this tiny little home without any presents or anything like that and then the swedish chef is just trying like constantly trying to cook this turkey he's like <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realize that he was invited as a you know guest for dinner as opposed to a guest for dinner um but uh, yeah, I, I honestly love that film. And I didn't really know it too, too much. At least I don't remember watching it as a kid. Um, but when my husband and I got married, it, it turns out it's one of his family traditions oh. and they watch it every Christmas. Wow. Yeah. And so we watch it now too, just to kind of carry that along. And he, of course, can quote the film. But what, we, um, what was great is that he had a VHS copy that his mom recorded for him off the TV. 
And I remember uh, when we got it transferred over to DVD, it still has the original, uh, like, um, adverts. And so there's, like, Oshkosh for Gosh. Oh, um, wow. There's little Caesars adverts. So it's cool. so funny. It's so cool. And one of the tough things, is, it's hard to find this on, on streaming media right now. You can, of course, buy it through uh, iTunes and whatnot. But your best bet is to see if you can, um, you know, wrangle an hour or two and just watch it on YouTube. There is, in fact, um, uh, someone has... Actually, there's quite a few people who have who have uploaded, but there's there's one full version on there that includes adverts from the '80s, and it's really really awesome. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, I think people should give it a go because it's one of the best, I think, Muppet movies or Jim Henson production movies that is out there. And there are so many that kind of rank up there. I mean, I'm just thinking about Christmas Carol, Treasure Island. I mean, Muppet Take Manhattan. Like, I'm thinking of everything Jim Henson related, and it's one of my top, at least top five. Wow. But it's and, something we do every Christmas. Yeah, that's so cool. And, and this came out, um, you know, not too, not too long before he passed, which is, you know, so it's kind of one of the, uh, one I of think the last died. performances. Yeah, and he did actually cameo at the end as well. Um, oh, really? As himself? He, he, yeah, as himself. Oh, and that's cool. Him and Sprocket had to go and do the dishes. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I think he died in what, 1990? 1990, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. I, you know, it's funny because, it's not funny, I should say, but, you know, when you think back on, I think, at least when you think back on your childhood, at least in your life, there are definitely people, I guess, people who aren't related to you that make an impression. And for me, it's definitely Mr. Rogers and oh, then yeah. Jim Henson Muppets, like anything to do with the Muppets. And so, you know, I, I have always, always wanted to go to the Jim Henson Museum. Um, and there's actually one in New York too at the uh, Museum of Moving Picture oh. that I would love to see. Yeah, I mean, it was so cool. I think I've mentioned a couple times on the show too that we got to meet actual uh, Big Bird, Carol, Carol Spinney, yes. before, yeah, before uh, he passed away. There is a huge, I mean, I, I'm talking a huge 8 by 10 photo of us <laughs> with Carol Spinney uh, on our wall because we're just so proud of it. So and inside awesome. of it, I tucked some um, uh, Big Bird feathers that he gave us. Oh. It was just so cool. Uh. Yeah, it was so cool. But anyways, that gets me in the heartstrings, but that's one of the ones that I definitely watch every Christmas. And, of course, the other ranking back stuff. But I've got some other choices if you have any more. Because I think yeah. this episode, we're just kind of just chilling. Yeah, yeah, and We're yeah. just talking about things that we love for Christmas. Absolutely. So um, so I got, uh, I've got another one that I was, uh, you know, curious about the you know, the, the sort of the, the backstory and all that because it's something that I hadn't seen forever but i was reminded of it as i was you know doing some research but um so when i when i was a little kid uh you know every kind of every major mark television market had their own like tv personalities that would do stuff that was just local you know you would mm -hmm. have like you know like the local horror movie host or the local kid show host you know who only was in that area and you know nobody else would know about it um, so for me, when I was a kid, uh, there was a show that would run, uh, uh Sunday mornings, uh, called, uh, Captain Noah and his magical arc. And <laughs> yeah. And so basically it was this guy who was kind of like a Captain Kangaroo kind of type guy, but he was, um, he was the captain of this boat, uh, and there were puppets and cartoons and things like that. But it was all very, very kind of like sweet. You know, it was not right. It was not snarky. It was not sarcastic. It was just really, you know, it was it was played to be very, very kind of like earnest. Um, right. And, you know, when you're like four, when you're three or four years old, oh, you know, you, you think this is the greatest thing in the world. And <laughs> they would run like Popeye cartoons and all kinds of stuff like that. But one thing that they... Uh, that they ran that kind of always puzzled me, even as a kid, was they they ran a show that was called Davy and Goliath. Hmm. So what I'm what what my pick is is it's called Christmas Lost and Found, and it was an episode of Davy and Goliath. So to give you a little backstory on this, uh, there was an animator who was named Art Clokey. He was the man behind Gumby. If you, if you oh, know Gumby, like the green love Gumby. little clay character. Um, yeah. And so he was approached to create a television series for kids. 
Uh, but the series was going to be a lot less sort of abstract and surreal than what he had done with Gumby and Pokey, his horse. Mm, uh, Pokey, and, yep. Yeah, and the reason that this, that this series was going to be a lot less abstract and surreal was is because it was being produced by the American Lutheran Church. And, <laughs> or as I call it, Catholic Light. Um, <laughs> and you would know because you went to Catholic school. That's true. So, you know... Hey there, shout out to my Protestant friends. Uh, <laughs> so Davy and Goliath was that show, and it was the heartwarming tale of a young boy, his family, and their talking dog as they learn valuable spiritual lessons. Except I don't know why a talking dog isn't 100% satanic, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so being a Christian-themed show... Having a Davy and Goliath Christmas special isn't that much of a stretch. So that's where Christmas Lost and Found comes in. So as the episode starts, uh, poor little Davy, he just isn't feeling very much Christmas spirit, which is odd for a middle-class white kid living in an idyllic small American town during the mid-1960s. Unless you're Charlie Brown. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I hate Christmas. What did you say? I hate Christmas. Davy. I can't feel Christmas this year. I got no Christmas spirit. Please get the Christmas spirit, Davy. How? Where? Golly, I don't know. But the similarities to the Charlie Brown special don't really end there. So Davy has this big part in his school's Christmas play with his dog Goliath playing the donkey. Aw, very cute. <laughs> but even that isn't making Davy excited about Christmas. So what could be wrong? Well, maybe Davy needs a reminder about the true meaning of Christmas. Whatever that is, I have no idea. But with the help of his family, friends, and a certain little baby laying in a manger which is kind of gross <laughs> because a manger is a trough where animals ate their food. Ugh. And pooped. Yeah, exactly. So, But in any event, Davy makes a fateful decision that will restore his Christmas spirit. Spoiler alert, it does not involve sacrificing his talking dog on a bloody altar. Uh, it pretty <laughs> much does involve him giving up his part in the school play to another little boy who wouldn't be able to make it because... He's, he has to sell Christmas trees on a lot. So Davy says, I'll do it for you, and you can be in the play. And, you know, that gives him back his Christmas spirit. Yada, yada, yada. Everybody's happy. Lutheran Church, all that stuff. So there you go <laughs> with that. And everybody's all, you know, all Jesus-y and happy. Now, this episode of Davy and Goliath, as well as all of the other episodes, can be found on YouTube for free. And if you're a fan of Adult Swim and you've ever seen the show Moral Oral. Oh, yeah. That is a direct parody of Davy and Goliath. Oh, really? Yes, it is. It, it is a parody of that show specifically with the, you know, the stop motion and all that, because that's what this was all about. And so Davy, you know, Davy and Goliath boy and his dog trying to, you know, figure out what's going on spiritually. Well, you had Moral Oral who was totally confused and very destructive all try while trying to be a good person <laughs> because right. he lived in an ultra-religious community. So, yeah, that's a direct parody of Davy and Goliath. So, if you know, so huh. if you're a moral oral fan, you know where that came from. There you go. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah good so. to know. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So, what do else? You do you have any <clears throat> other, like, uh, ideas or anything well, else you I want do. to discuss? I do. And here's the thing. I... I can't not mention this because, of course, it is, I think, my favorite Christmas movie of all time. It's probably my favorite, like, animated movie of all time. And that, of course, is the 1966 animated version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Ah, With, yes. Oh, yes. And starring our very lovely friend, Boris Karloff, who we mentioned quite a few times, I think, during our Halloween special. Yeah. But no, perfect. no, no. We're... We're not talking about Halloween ghouls and monsters. Nope. No, no, we're talking about the Grinch. And yes. I gotta say, also Boris Kar Karloff had like a really nice singing voice. Like <laughs> creepy as it was, yeah, it was actually yeah. not bad. Very baritone. But, yeah, exactly. But you know, everyone knows the story, so I, I won't go over it because everyone knows the Grinch lived on Mount Crumpet, and then you know he was 
didn't like Christmas. And then he found out the spirit of Christmas, right? And what it was. But I think what I love so much about The Grinch is, one, it stands up. I can still watch that film to its, oh, I yeah. mean, in its entirety and not get bored, right? And every year I feel like kids are rediscovering it and it's just so good. Right. And there are definitely adult themed jokes in there that I didn't get as a child and I get now and I love. Um, but I, I just I love the, the animation. I love how he slinks around. It's just it reminds me of like watching that late at night, uh, you know, with my family during the holidays and, you know, staying up to watch that. And yeah, it's just I, I love that. But that's something that you if you ha- <laughs> if you have never seen it and I don't know how you yeah, escaped it, no but idea. if you've never seen it you can get it anywhere right now it's streaming on the abc app you can get it on amazon you can get it on itunes even youtube um so i had to mention that because well you have to mention it for it for every oh, yeah, definitely. but i think the one the one special that that kind of um sticks out in my memory from when i was a kid is actually let me ask you did you ever like listen to or watch or read any of the berenstain bear books uh, I am aware of what the what they are, the Berenstain Bears. I know of them. I know. So you that know that confusion too, the name, the thing, Mandela right? effect. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone seems to think that they randomly just unannounced it and like just changed their name, and they're trying to blame it on that, or <laughs> like it's an alternate reality. And honestly, I don't know, but I do believe that my father must have bought some knockoff books because they were definitely called Berenstain. But you know, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> I used to have the books as a kid. You would get them kind of as the, you know, during the school year, like every quarter they would have like the publisher's um, scholastic come come by mm-hmm. and you'd save up all your tickets and you'd buy a book. Yep. And, you know, I got those books, but they also started making a TV show out of it. And there was one Christmas one. I think it was called The Christmas Tree or Our Christmas Tree. And it's a bunch of bears. And by the way, they live in a giant tree, right? Like they, they, they live in a forest. They're bears, right? Yeah, and so sure. this, this whole idea of like they had to get their own Christmas tree and how important it was to them. And I just remember vividly thinking, what's the big deal about a tree? And then as I've gotten older, of course, the tree has become a pivotal part of our Christmas traditions. Yeah. I mean, my husband and I, every year trying to think of a theme to, to put this together. I mean, one year we had a Nightmare for Christmas theme tree and that was super awesome, super wow. cool. Um, and we had a little bunch of like little Funko Pops laid around of all like, you know, Jack and it was so great. And then one year we did like super nerdy themed and I had like super Mario over here. We had like Harry Potter over here. It was so fun, but the tree is so important just for being a tree, you know, and people gather, it's a place of, of gathering and, you know, you put your presents underneath if you have any, whatever, but yeah, I just really love that episode. And I think, you know, it, it sticks in my mind too. Again, like most of these things do, because they're they're tied simultaneously with other memories of like family and you know Christmas time and and holiday food and a bunch of stuff like that. But you can actually watch this episode I'm referring to on YouTube. Um, someone oh, wow. has uploaded it, and okay. once again, it includes all the old school commercials. Cause it, I think this premiered actually in like the late eighties, eighties, uh, early nineties. It's like my favorite part of some <laughs> of these videos. Right. I love I I love seeing the commercials for kids toys, especially mm-hmm. like the Play-Doh kids. Yep. Oh, it's it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a bunch of them, but those are probably my top uh, three or something that, you know, ones that I watch pretty much all the time. Yeah. OK, cool. Every year. Very nice. I like that. Oh, I've got a couple of honorable mentions of my own here. Ooh. And, you know, earlier we were talking about, you know, uh, Disney Plus and their. Uh, upcoming slate of uh, Star Wars shows. Uh, one show that, for some reason, hasn't quite made it onto Disney Plus is the Star Wars Holiday Special. And oh. I, I can't, for the life of me, figure out why. Oh, wait, wait, are you sure it's not there? Uh, it's not there. They have the new Lego uh, oh, Star Wars Holiday oh, oh. Special. Yeah. But the original 1978 Garbage Fire that was the Star Wars Holiday Special uh isn't there it is on Hmm. youtube and there's uh some actually decent quality versions that once again do as you said they do have the um commercials and some of them are star wars toys commercials which are great uh but yeah this is every year i kind of try to watch it and i can't i can't get through it (laughs) 
because it's so bad. Right. And I just have to fast forward <laughs> to the Boba Fett cartoon that's in the middle of it, which is the best thing about it. Um, but yeah, that's an honorable mention simply because it's Star Wars and it's a holiday special. Um, now, moving on from there, uh, also on YouTube, you can find the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. That's Ooh. a treat. That's a big treat right there. You know, you, you got to see it to believe it. I can't even describe it. It's so, like, insane. Uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse <laughs> Christmas special. Awesome. Oh. For those of you who are into that 80s nostalgia, this is a great way to, great way to get your fill. Um, and, okay, now, earlier I talked about an obscure Rankin-Bass uh, special, The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. Mm. My last honorable mention is probably the last Rankin-Bass stop-motion holiday uh, holiday special. And it was called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Now, they had done sort of an origin story of Santa Claus before. Um, you know, I think the year without a Santa Claus or something like that. Santa, no, Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, right, they yeah. Did that. Where he's a kid and he learns how to yes. walk put one foot in front of the other. Exactly, exactly. But yep. this version is this is a different origin story that was um, based on the book, uh, on the same book of the same name by L. Frank Baum, who did The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Mm. And so this is basically the story of uh, Santa Claus making his case to a group of immortals. Uh, as to whether or not he should become an immortal or die uh, as a mortal of old age. Uh, wow, that's heavy. It is heavy. It's it's so unlike any other of the Rankin-Bass shows that they have done. So he, uh, he you know, he, of course, you know, no spoilers here, but he does get to uh, become immortal. Um, he goes through some, they, you know, they talk about his, his youth and the adventures that he had as a young man. Um, uh, he, uh, he knows nothing of the outside world, but cause he, you know, he lives in this like magical forest or whatever. And, uh, he sees the mortal world. He's shown the mortal world and how cruel it is and, you know, how people are. And he decides he wants to go there to make everything better, to make, you know, to make people happy. And it's so interesting. It's unlike any other uh, any other special that they've ever done. It's much more serious in tone uh, and not silly at all. It, it almost has. And, and, you know, if you're not aware, Rankin Bass did do an animated Hobbit uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is very much very in this kind of a style of a Tolkien uh, tale. Right. So it, it's um, it's really, really interesting, and I highly recommend if you can track it down. Um, I've only found it in its complete form on the um, on the streaming site Daily Motion. I don't oh, know if okay. you're familiar yeah. with that. But Daily Motion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's so interesting. Um, and, of course, like I said, they, they ultimately give him immortality. And uh, before he's going to – before that happens, he, he believes he's going to die – and it's like, oh, wow, Santa's going to, what? And he's, you know, um, before he supposedly is going to pass away, he suggests that his friends remember him by decorating a tree every year. As it's, and it's uh... like, oh. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It's very interesting because it is different than anything else that they've done. Um, but it was, sadly, it was the last one that they did as well before the company disbanded for, for a while. But yeah, it, you can check it out. That's a departure. Yeah, it really was a huge departure because I think yeah. one of the things was because it was actually based on a book, and they followed the book, uh, you know, pretty pretty carefully. I mean, uh, they couldn't fit everything in there, of course, but you know, um, yeah, they they really did a good job with it. So it's it's pretty interesting, and so I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a it's probably something that most people haven't seen. But if you like the Rankin Bass specials, it's definitely worth a look. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. You know, I think Jules Bass is still alive, too. If I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, I think one of them is. One of them is, yeah. yeah. So I think. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Jules. Yes. I think it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah. It's Arthur Rankin that passed. Yeah. 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 But interestingly, that 
I, that show seems like such a, a, a step up into like middle adulthood. I wouldn't have expected it for a kid's show. But then again, there's always these examples of taking heavy themes and putting them through the lens of a, of a child, at least, you know, to get across these, these messages. Um, one that comes to mind is like Fern Gully, right? And, you know, talking about mm-hmm. the climate yep. and how bad it is to for- deforest and whatnot. So I guess it kind of makes sense. I just have never, I've never watched that. And I only know Rankin Bass for, you know, the classic Christmas uh, episode. So I'm surprised to hear that they have anything else beyond like, you know, Mr. Snow Miser and all that and, you know, Rudolph and whatnot. Yeah, it was a much, like I said, it was, it had a much different tone than anything else that they had done previously. So, you know, if you're a fan of that style of stop motion animation, uh, I would highly recommend checking checking it out. Once again, it's called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, made in 1985, and it's on Daily Motion. So if you're looking for something a little different, but familiar in a weird way, I would definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll give it a go. All right. Ah, so... Having said that, we do have a couple of uh, pieces of business that we like to get to. Um, so it's going to be, you know, 2020 sucked. 2021? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2020 <laughs> sucked. And next week is going to be a brand new year. Thank goodness mm-hmm. for that. Hopefully a better one for everybody involved. Uh, Let's and get for, vaccines. Yeah, uh, vaccines, new uh, non-deranged president. Um, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. The uh, electric Mustang. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got uh, hopefully a good year ahead of us. And, mm-hmm. you know, we pledge to try even harder to do the exact same show we're doing now. And that's how <laughs> much we care about you, really. We're so caring. We're so caring. We are so caring. In fact, we care so much. We have a new holiday. Uh, we still have our holiday T-shirt on our merch store. Ooh. Yep, yep. There's still a time to get that shirt that will have people scratching their heads, not knowing what it means. Uh, <laughs> and in perpetuity, I think we're going to leave it up. Is our deep dive Yule log? Uh, oh, yeah. So it's a whole hour of fake fireplace and generic department store holiday music, and what's more Christmassy than that? So we've got that going on. We are going to announce. Yeah. Uh, at some point in a couple of weeks, we're going to announce the winner of our contest. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. A winner of our super special contest. So that's going to be awesome. And so we've got some, you know, we've got some fun things coming up. We're going to try to get the new year off to a good start. It's going to be a while before things get back to normal, but at least you know that we're here to be abnormal. And that's, that's what we're all about, really. Exactly. Yep. You can depend on us being not dependable. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I want business cards with that on it. <laughs> no, but I think it's been, it's been a really, it's been a, it's been an interesting year, but I <laughs> honestly, I, I think having this show has been, uh, you know, a bright spot for, for me. So I want to thank you for allowing me to come on the show and basically be all your ratings. I mean, okay, thank you, you thank, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, I think it's been fun. I think we've had a great time, and I, you know, if I had to think back on it, we had a great Halloween month. Oh this yeah, year. that was awesome. That was so much fun. Um, we did a couple of really cool, fun ones like historical episodes, which I really love. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, got to talk about Outlander a lot, which is great. Uh, um, yeah. We also, <laughs> we also did. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we did the dinosaur episode, and yep. We, we, we just, we had a great year. And if you are at all interested in why wouldn't you be in hearing any of our previous episodes, if you go ahead and navigate to the deep dive podcast.com, you will find our complete live. Well, 99% of our library will be there because we don't actually talk about the first episode. No, we don't talk about it. It's we the don't Baltimore of episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's it who must not be named, mm. but, um, Check it out, and you can also find all of our old posts there. You can find links to our social medias, of course, and we keep everything up on Instagram and, um, you know, some of our promos. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to look back on. And if you have some time, you know, why not? Just go ahead and take a peek at that. Take a listen to that. If you find that you want to rate us, too, which would be super lovely, go ahead and do so on Apple iTunes, because the more ratings we get, the more people we can bring this amazing, fun, joyous time to. 
And don't you want to be the bearer of that joy to the world? Yes. I huzzah. I, wow. I'm getting, I'm getting caught up in this here. This is good. I like this. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, well, you know, so this will be coming out Christmas, right? Yes. It should Christmas. be out Christmas day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we're going to have a full episode uh, for the next, uh, but there will be a microcast, I imagine. Yes, yes. Uh, so coming up. The microcast. And so uh, I believe what we're going to do for the microcast is because it's New Year's, um, I'm going to take a look at the origins of a song that everyone sings on New Year's, but really nobody knows what the heck it means, and that's Old Ang Zang. Pledge Allegiance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Old so, Anglian. It sounds like it's some Celtic word or something. I think it's Scottish or something, but we'll find oh, out more. Okay. We'll find out more during the microcast. So if Ooh. you're interested in the history of that, by all means, it won't be long. It won't take up too much of your time. So, you know, <laughs> and you can get back to drinking heavily. <laughs> and eating Chinese food. Oh, but that's socially distancing. Yeah, socially distancing. I love distancing. Chinese food. Mm. Somehow it tastes better on New Year's Eve, and I don't know why. Because usually yeah. you get it and it's not hot. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a saying that goes, you know, uh, an hour after you eat Chinese food, you're hungry again. Yeah. And an hour after you eat Mexican food, you wish you'd eaten Chinese food. So <laughs> that's an old joke. Oh, uh, it's not. Well, it's not like wrong though. It's not yeah. wrong. I'm looking at you, Chipotle. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. But I think to wrap it up for us, I would like to say on behalf of of you and all of our listeners, I want to thank everybody who has listening to us who has downloaded our episodes who's kind of commented on our, our posts and sent us emails and uh applied to be in our contest and you know it it really is a, a labor of love and it's just it's so fun to realize that there are people who are actually listening so thanks for coming along and we hope that you'll stick around for the next eight years that we plan on doing this eight what oh yeah okay oh I hadn't, I isn't hadn't it in your contract in the, i hadn't put that in the calendar no so uh <laughs> well i'll just pencil that in so to all of you out there we hope you have a a, a wonderful holiday mm-hmm. and we it, i know that many of you may be spending your holidays away from your family because of uh you know covid19 and all that's going on mm. so you know if you close your eyes pretend that we're going to be your family for uh, however long this podcast is, that's great. Um, but, God help you. But yeah, I know, right? Mm. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we want you to stay safe. Uh, if you're able to get that vaccine early, get it if you can. Um, and please take care of yourselves, and we will talk at you soon. We'll talk to you next year. Ha ha! Yeah, that was always fun in school. Yeah. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get to relive all our childhood memories through this podcast. Uh, and traumas. It's no secret. Yeah. And traumas. <laughs> Anyways, have a good one. Stay safe. Happy holidays. Wear masks. Take care, everybody. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive theme was arranged and performed by Ryan Blaney and produced by EchoCraft. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.